Hey you, welcome to the Christian Life Coaching Podcast for Weight Loss. I'm so excited that you are here. Hey you, and welcome back to the podcast. So today's going to be a, this has the possibility of becoming a different kind of podcast because this is um, a testimonial of something that transpired over the last 24 hours in my life. God has used it as an example, and I do believe that he had me journal about it so that I could share this example with you. So what we're going to be talking about today is willful sin and how that creates a sin tolerance in our lives, okay? Because willful sin is one of those things that we we just don't even realize that we participate in, but that it's still sin. It's kind of akin to when somebody says, oh, it's a white lie, you know what I mean? Or, um, or you know, we don't even realize how much our willful sin, the things that we do to disobey God, you know, as our Christian value state, or, you know, maybe in areas of our lives where we know that we're on a weight loss journey and we still willfully cheat on things and we're like, oh, you know, God will forgive me. I'll ask for forgiveness later. Forgiven, for, forgiveness later. I mean, seriously, we have this willful sin area in our lives and we don't even check it. We don't even realize that what that does is it creates a sin tolerance in our lives. So I'm going to unpack this. It might be a little bit broken, but I feel like God is saying to me, go, go, go record this podcast. doesn't have to be perfect because it's going to meet somebody where they are. Maybe you are struggling with willful sin in your life. Maybe you don't even realize that you're dealing with willful sin. Maybe you don't even realize that you've created an environment in your life where you have a sin tolerance. And what I need you to be reminded of is God can't be near sin. Okay. The reason he can't be near sin is because, is because he's holy. And he tells us in first Peter one girl, that is off the top of my head that we are to be holy because he's holy. And something I teach my ladies in the Seekers Method all the time is the way that you pursue holiness is through righteousness. And the way that you pursue living righteously, even in weight loss, is through through making right choices. Wow. Words are a little bit um, unfamiliar to me today, apparently. So I want to take you through what has happened in the last 24 hours. What has happened in the last 24 hours is I went to church yesterday and Um, let me just give you some more context. I am at the point in my Christian walk where I am, some would say I'm probably a little bit too religious, (laughs) um, you know, that I'm, um, hyper religious and I'm, you know, just, you know, too rigid and, um, and I've even had the thought cross my mind before that I'm almost too heavenly minded and, and therefore no earthly good. I know that sounds like a horrible thing to say, but it'll make sense in a minute. Um, I'm very, I'm very obedient. I'm taking God's word literally and seriously and applying it to my life. And I have seen the fruit of that decision. I have witnessed God coming near to me being obedient to God's word in my life in all of the areas is how I walk out the scripture that tells us, and I don't know this one off the top of my head, the scripture that tells us, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. 
The more obedient you are, the more you walk in your faith, obedient to what God's word says and not the world, the more you draw him near. You create an environment that is hospitable to him. So that's kind of who I am, what I'm going through. I don't cuss. I don't drink alcohol. I mean, you know, mostly just because it would negatively affect me now, not to mention I don't see its value. I see alcohol as only having value for a certain way, and that's how I used to abuse it. You know, it it numbed me out. It helped me to leave the world. It 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 met me where my emotions needed meeting. Um, it was my comforter. It was, you know, you get what I'm saying. Um, I'm very obedient with my food. I There isn't anything that God isn't a part of. That also, that is not to say that I'm perfect, okay? And as you'll see here, um, God has allowed me to have willful sin in the last 24 hours. And um, my willful sin is what is sponsoring this particular episode of the podcast, okay? I I promise you I'm going to get to the point. This might be a little bit broken and clunky, so this might be something to listen to on a long car ride where you got nothing else to do but be a little bit bored by this dry toast. Anyhow, so that's the context. That's who I am. I'm hyper-focused on being obedient in all of the areas. I take God's word seriously, and I just fully and boldly walk in faith to his word, and I apply it to my life. So yesterday, there I am. I'm at church. I want you to imagine me, second row with my husband and my two baby girls, Landon was in children's church. I'm sitting in there, sitting there, and um, one of the pastors mentioned a scripture, and I wrote down the scripture. It was Psalm 1913, and it made mention of the word willful sin, and it just caught my ear, right? It just caught my ear, and I, I, I have a sermon notebook, and so in my sermon notebook, I wrote Psalm 1913, Willful Sin. Then I was listening to the worship music, and um, I can't even think. Of it. There was an elevation worship song that we were singing. And in the middle of worship, the worship service, I leaned down and grabbed my sermon journal, and I wrote a lyric that struck, that struck me, Still in Your Hands. And it's, I can't think of the Elevation Worship song. Man, why didn't I plan that ahead of time, right? <laughs> and in that moment, just still in your hands, spoke to my heart, it ministered to my heart. And yet, I didn't understand why it was going to. Like, because the, as the day unfolded, I see now how it was almost like, it's kind of weird. It's almost like a, a foretelling of things to come. I can't even explain it. But that's the context. That's how my day started yesterday, you know. So as the afternoon unfolded, our little girl was in a choir, um, well, she was in a musical performance, and so we went to go and watch her musical performance, and while we were there, um, an acquaintance came up to me, and we were chatting, she and her family, and I was reminded, just, you know how these, you have thoughts, they're fleeting thoughts, they probably take 10, 20 seconds, and sometimes they're broken across many hours, but I had a fleeting thought about how I had reached out to her once and we'd had a lengthy period of chatting via email or text and she was hurting and going through some things and I encouraged her in her faith and the minute I encouraged her in her faith she shut me down like it was just one of those things you know what I mean like it just some people just aren't open to it and sometimes it's just the the wrong timing 
Um, and so I had that fleeting thought of, oh my goodness, I forgot that she shot me down with that. She probably thinks I'm weird. Oh my goodness. You know, like she's the cool mom and here I am like, you know, this weird mom who's talking about Jesus all the time, right? That was the context that spiraled me out of control. On the other side of this commercial break, I'll wrap it up and bring it to a conclusion for you. Hey you, real quick, I have an exciting announcement that I cannot wait to share with you, my podcast listeners. So you might not know this, but I am currently seeking 25 women to do a beta test with me of the Seekers Method for Weight Loss This is the beta test for you, for the woman who is maybe not on Facebook, but who's interested in the DIY version of the Seekers Method. The time is now. I mean, I can't even believe that I'm sharing this with you because last week, God told me that while I might not have this new release of the Seekers Method ready yet, that many of his daughters were ready and that I needed to put it out there imperfectly. You know how some of us just kind of get stuck in that perfection trap. So much of this product is ready and available to you and you are welcome to participate in this beta test. If you are interested, you need to act quickly. I'd like you to go to my website, sherrycapilla.com, and at the very top, you'll see a little, a little bar that says click here for the beta test. You need to go there and click there for the beta test. There's a little video where I tell you a little bit about what we're testing and what I'm looking for and all of those things. Or you can also go to today's show notes and I'll have a link put right in there for you. At the time that I'm recording this, there are currently only 19 seats left because before I take this to social media, I've taken it first to my email list and now to my podcast listeners. So a handful of people have already responded that, um, responded to that private invitation, but this is your private invitation. I would encourage you. I know this is going to fill up quickly because this has been the area that I've had the most requests. Sherry, can I get the seekers method, um, without Facebook. Until now, the answer was no. Um, Here's something else I I hadn't planned on telling you. You get a free copy, an advanced free electronic copy of my forthcoming book, The Seeker's Method. You also get a free copy of my recently published journaling prompts workbook of The Seeker's Method. So, oh, and here's the bonus. Oh, I'm just going to tell you. (laughs) No more waiting for open enrollment because this is a way that God has you know, just told me to go get this out there for those of you who are ready now. He needs you seeking him instead of a number on the scale and the time is now. So if you're interested, act quickly, go to my website, sherrycapilla.com, click on the beta test thing, go through the details, see if it's a match for you, enroll and you'll be in it. Um, Otherwise, I I will have to, I'm going to cap it at 25 because I want to be able to work with these women, answer their questions and all of that. All right, back to the broadcast. Hey, welcome back. All right, so before the break, I was telling you about, you know, how I saw this mom and we chatted and I was the woman who mentioned her faith to her and, you know. Um, And so I was thinking about how she was the cool mom and, you know, I kind of wasn't. It's weird because when I think back on my life, you know, um, I remember being the cool mom. But when I was the cool mom, my life was different. My life wasn't, you know, I wasn't living for Christ. I was living for the world, in the world, of the world, and every, had the fruit to show it, right? Like everything about it was just no bueno. So that's the moment when I had the thought, 
that I am so heavenly minded that I'm absolutely no earthly good. Like I'm not the cool mom anymore. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm just so heavenly minded that I'm hyper religious and all the things. And we officially talk to our children that we're not going to be celebrating Halloween and all of the things. And so as you know, it was just, those were fleeting thoughts. And it never occurred to me in that moment that it was a form of condemnation that it was something I needed to take that thought captive. Wow, it's making me emotional. I needed to take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to the word of God in that moment. Because what I was saying to myself, what how I had I was condemning myself in that moment was that, you know, um, you know that I'm I'm a weirdo, like that I'm so heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good, meaning I'm not doing any good. I'm just focused on the wrong things. I mean, you get what I'm saying. Like, it was just a form of condemnation. So the evening wore on. Let's continue, Sherry. <laughs> and as it wore on, um, I made dinner for the kids, well, for the family. And I can't eat the way that they eat, so I have to make modifications. And so they had spaghetti and meatballs, right? And so in that moment... I reasoned and I justified eating tomato sauce. Now I know you're thinking, what? You don't eat tomato sauce? <laughs> no, there's a reason. There's a story. Number one, my body does not do well with tomatoes. I love tomatoes. This is not an episode where I'm throwing tomatoes out, okay? I love tomatoes. Tomatoes do not work with my body. Uh, number one, I love tomatoes. And number two, this was not a compliant tomato sauce for me. The way that I eat, I don't eat sugar. So very likely this tomato sauce, because I'd already cleaned and thrown out the jars, had a lot of sugar in it. And as my family sat there and ate, and I finished my dinner, I you know, pulled the um, bowl that contained all of the, the tomatoes and the marinara sauce. I pulled it over to my plate and dished, spooned on a bunch of the tomato sauce onto, you know, what was left of my plate and ate it up. And halfway through eating it, I thought, ooh, I forgot. Like I, I was willing to take the negative consequences of tomato because that just hurts, gives me a little bit of stomach pain. I mean, you know, it's livable. But I hadn't considered the sugar. And I thought, ew, no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I pushed it away. You know, it wasn't a big deal. But then I walked into the living room and, you know, we had kids in the shower, kids land and taking a bath. It was wind down time. And Harry and I have been starting to watch this show on TV. I wish I could tell you what network it's on. I don't even know. It's the new series that is out that is um, documenting and it's scripted so it's not like a documentary documentary documenting um, I think it's called American crime the story of the impeachment of Bill Clinton and it's the whole story behind the scenes I'm taking that it's from the perspective of Monica Lewinsky and it's the story behind what transpired between Linda Tripp and Monica Lewinsky and what transpired between Bill and Hillary and the perspective of the press and um, Kenneth Starr and it just shows you know how there was a smear campaign and so it's profoundly a historical um, yet the theatrical 
kind of documentary. I'm sure there's a term for it that I don't know. And so we watched it. And as we were sitting there, um, it was an episode with Paula Jones where Paula Jones gets invited to earn a substantial amount of money by um, posing for Penthouse. And, you know, this is on regular TV. So, you know, we're like, you know, it's not going to show anything. But we still have a rule in our house. We don't watch anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit, <laughs> number one. Number two, that's going to have language or explicit adult mature audience scenes that our kids can't witness. That's just the way we are. You know, I don't want to watch something if the kids can't be in the room. Because if the kids can't be in the room, very likely Jesus isn't. Right? So we're sitting there watching it, and my 13-year-old is sitting next to me because um, she has taken on a minor role in my business to help me with a few things. And so she was sitting next to me using my phone, um, doing some, you know, tagging of different videos on YouTube for me, wearing my AirPods with noise canceling so that she could listen to her music while simultaneously uploading. And just then, in the middle of watching the show in that entire dynamic, showers, baths, 13-year-old, AirPods, YouTube, penthouse, documentary, well, television show. This is on regular TV, you guys. The show starts like marinating in the F-word. And I just looked at my husband and we were like, whoa. You know, but we're like seven episodes in. And at that moment, I was reminded of that thought that I'd had earlier in the day. I'm so heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good. And I thought, you know, I'm not really comfortable with this language. And I'm not comfortable that, you know, maybe the kid, I mean, what if Landon's getting out of the tub? I mean, he's old enough now. He's nine years old. He can get out of the bathtub and come into the living room and hear mommy and daddy watching a show with bad language, you know, um, not to mention my 13 year old was sitting right there. And I thought, oh, she's wearing the AirPods. And then I thought, oh, I'm not comfortable with this. Would I be watching? Like, these were the thoughts. Would I be watching this right now had I recommended this show to my pastor's wife? Because I almost did. <laughs> And I heard my 13-year-old, our 13-year-old say, wow, like she heard the F-bombs. And in that moment, I'm like, this is not a show I should be watching. This is not a show I should be watching. And so, you know, I just told Harry, I said, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. You know, at that point in time, I was too tired to even take on the challenge of how I didn't like the language. And I just, you know, we did our family prayer. Everybody went to bed. Everything was fine. Okay. I bet you're really hoping I get to the point here soon, right? So <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is going to be a longer episode. It's a little girl talk right now. But I, I, I assure you there's power here because I woke up and I was met face to face with the power that God had in this for me. I went to bed and I had my first night of full out night sweats that I have not had in several years since even really being fully into my faith and able to lose the weight because I've been able to correct my hormones doing everything I teach in the seekers method with the, the AM with the morning and the evening schedule and the routines that I do every day and the morning exercises and the way that I eat and the way that I lead women to you know slowly stop eating this and swap it with this and do all Everything I've done over the course of the many years, I have been able to correct my hormones to the point where I no longer have night sweats, which I had early in my perimenopausal years. And now as I'm stepping out of perimenopause into menopause, I don't have night sweats. I don't have any of the symptoms. I don't have the weight gain. I don't have any of the symptoms I used to have or that I see my peers having at my age as they step into menopause. And I had the worst case 
of night sweats. Y'all, it was so bad that I went to bed with some really good hair day, okay? And I woke up looking like Medusa because things went wrong in the night <laughs> with my hair. And not only that, but I had dreams about ex-boyfriends. Not like those kind of dreams, just dreams where they were in the dream um, trying to, I don't even know what they were doing. Like they were trying to bring things to our family because I, we needed something here at our house. And I was crying that they were seeing us at a, as a charity case and they were bringing things to my house. I don't even know. It's so stupid. Like, don't you hate when people tell you their dreams? But number one, I had dreams about them, whoever, whatever, randomly out of nowhere. And number two, I had night sweats. And when I woke up this morning, I was like, wow, am I suffering the consequences? And when I came down here to my office, which is where I am, you can't see me, God made it so clear to me that sin is sneaky, that I entered into willful sin by allowing myself to be in front of a television where the language was like that. And I immediately thought, you know, that's not so bad. It's, you know, but here's the thing about sin. It's sneaky. There are sneaky ways that it gets into our environment and therefore into our thoughts and it leads us astray. I mean, I had that thought. I'm so heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good. And I feel like that was almost like a seed from the enemy where he wanted me to be like, Sherry, relax a little. And through relaxing, that's an open door to the enemy, right? Like there I was wanting to fit in, wanting to eat old foods, eating the tomato sauce, you know, allowing the language. I had entered into a little bout of a sin tolerance. And, you know, this morning I repented and, you know, I mean, I get it. I get what you're thinking. Like, Sherry, it's tomato sauce and it's the F word. It's not the end of the world. Well, guess what? I want to correct your thinking if that's what you're thinking. Because what you need to know, something that nobody ever tells us is that, you know, sometimes some actions are just not sinful in and of themselves, but they are not appropriate because they can control our life and they can lead us away from God. They can create an environment that is not hospitable to his spirit. And, you know, just as our spirit affects our bodies, so, so our physical bodies affect our spirit. And we cannot commit sins, willful sins, you know, white lies, white sins, if you want to call them that. We can't commit these without our bodies being damaged, without our souls being affected, without our spirit being affected. You know what I mean? Because our body, our soul, all of it's connected. All of us, our triune being is inseparably joined. And so I need you to know that. I mean, sure, tomato sauce isn't a sin, right? I get it. But to me... It's, it's an area where I'm willfully, it's an area where God, I'm willfully avoiding it because number one, the sugar, number two, the tomatoes. I mean, it's full of sugar, which, you know, in my case, that blocks God's voice and I don't want anything to block God's voice. I don't want sin. I don't want sugar. And so I know I'm not supposed to be eating that way because it's not on my meal plan. And according to James 4, 17, when you know what you should do and you don't do it, that is sin to you. And in this instance, I knew I shouldn't eat it, but I willfully allowed it, right? It's not on my meal plan. Is it bad? No, but it's not permissible at this time in my life. 
And, you know, the show with the bad language, is that so awful? No to the world, right? But Ephesians 4.29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say, everything you say, and dare I add to that, everything you listen to, be good and helpful so that your words encourage others. I think verse 30 also says, don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. I mean, in that moment, do you really feel like the Holy Spirit, I feel like the, I, I brought sorrow. I grieved the Holy Spirit in that moment of allowing the F words, especially with Haley sitting there. I mean, sure, I wasn't the one using the language, but I permitted it. I willfully, I permitted it willfully, right? Despite, you know, despite knowing better. And worse, our kids could even be, you know, they were in within earshot. So what I'm trying to say to you, is this is how, in these sneaky little examples, this is how we can develop a sin tolerance in our lives. We can open the door to, you know, to evil per se, right? And I've told you before, evil, the definition of the word evil is something that brings you sorrow, distress, or even misfortune. So we can bring sorrow even through our entertaining evil thoughts which can lead to a sin tolerance, willfully or otherwise, right? At first, when I ate the tomato sauce, I didn't do it willfully. I, was, I wasn't trying to you know, harm my body and cause a hormonal response. And the whole point of me even telling you about that was, I want you to see how much, how vulnerable your body is to being affected by foods and how it affects your hormones. Because my night sweats were a direct outpouring, if you will, a direct effect of me eating something. If you knew how I ate right now, I eat so regimented. And regimentedly, is that word? I am so regimented with my food. And the reason is not because I want to lose more weight. I'm, I'm, if I never lose any more weight, I will be perfect in my, at this size. But right now, God has made it clear to me that my food choice gives him a voice. So my food choice gives God a voice in my life because I never heard him when I was disobedient with food, when I had sugar, when I had all of the wrong carbohydrates, they affected my brain to the point of even affecting me spiritually. And now there are spiritual and physical ramifications when I indulge in sugar. And there's nothing that tastes so good that I'm willing to compromise God's voice. I hope that made sense to you because that was a, a just a moment of preaching. <laughs> so where was I? This is how we develop a sin tolerance. And it's like how we can open the door to evil. We can bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit by the way that we live, the choices we make, the way that we entertain lies. When a condemning thought comes to mind, take it captive and make it obedient because your flesh will feel comfortable ruminating in that, especially if it's something the world desires or the world qualifies as, you know, okay. Like in this context, well, I could get off track again. The, the main thing here is evil is sneaky. I hope you can't hear my dog in the background. He's digging on his doggy bed. And it's loud. But anyhow, evil is so sneaky, right? Thoughts, thoughts are not harmless. They entice us and they lead us off course. This is my example. My thought of, you know, being so heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good eventually led me to having a sin tolerance of, uh, you know, I don't want to be such a nerdy, you know, church mom that I don't, 
you know, watch a show just because it has an F-bomb. This is a history show. You know, all of those things. No. God's word says that don't use foul language. And like I added to that, don't even be around it. If you're not going to sit there and watch that show or read that book or listen to that song with those lyrics with Jesus in the room, don't listen to it at all. So know that your thoughts in your environment are not, they're not harmless, right? Your thoughts aren't harmless. Like I said, they entice you and they can lead you off course. What else do I want to say about this? You know, just thinking back to last night, you know, I sat there willfully listening to that show, knowing that I was uncomfortable. And then I willfully ate that forbidden food, if you will. And praise the Lord that I'm aware of my sin and his, for, and his forgiveness, really. You know? But do you see how sneaky sin is? How easily we are ensnared, really, through the world and how we justify it. Because if we, you know, we have this desire to fit in, even if it's with you giving into a friend and saying, all right, I'll have cheesecake, forget the seeker's method, you know, I'll have cheesecake or all right, fine, you know, I'll have whatever it is. You get what I'm saying. We give in to the world despite God saying this is what he wants to do. I mean, something you need to know that is that there are physical side effects of the spiritual disobedience and I of, of our spiritual disobedience and mine were night sweats and bad dreams, you know, and it was just crazy. And my physical dis- disobedience brought about, in my opinion, some spiritual consequences and my spiritual disobedience brought about physical consequences. You know, I'm dealing with them today. So what's the moral of the story, Sherry, right? Like cut to the chase already, blabbermouth, right? <laughs> the moral of the story is this. I mean, the lesson here is when you know what you should do, do it. When you know what you shouldn't do, don't do it. Why? I'll tell you why. Because remember at the beginning of the story I told you about, my pastor mentioned Psalm 19.7, and it talks about willful sin. And when I sat down in my office this morning and I read that section of the Bible, I was floored. This is what it says. It says, The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving your soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commands of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. And you know, I believe obedience brings blessings of joy. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. That just spoke to me because that told me doesn't matter what the world says and what the world justifies. God has made it very clear in his word that we're not to have a divided loyalty between him and the world. The lie that I believed that I was too heavenly focused and no earthly good was a lie. And God needed me to see that it was a lie. He needed me to know that though I had dealt with the willful sin and everything, that I was still in his hands, that he was there still, you know, with me. But that he wanted me to share this message to somebody to just help you to see that you need to pay attention to where you might have willful sin in your life, where you might have a sin tolerance in your life, 
and to just trust the words of Psalm 19. I encourage you to go read it because it's pretty powerful and it shows you. I mean, first, Psalm 19.13 says, Keep your servant from willful sin. Do not let willful sin control me. And in that, I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. God's word is here to serve us, to bless us, to bring us joy. God's word, the, the instructions of the Lord are perfect. Perfect. They give you what you need in your soul. God's word and all of his decrees are trustworthy. Making even the most simple of us completely wise, right? I mean, every commandment that God gives us is right and it serves to bless us. When I am physically disciplined, then I step into spiritual blessings. And when I am spiritually disciplined, then I step into physical blessings. And that brings joy to me because it brings progress and freedom in my life. And I mean, the commands of the Lord are clear and they give us insight for living. The commands, the guidance, the justification of the world makes life muddy, right? Uh, this just spoke to me. I mean, all of this just spoke to me today. It's difficult to articulate all of this because it's kind of convoluted, but I know you guys are my friends. You understand, you know, the roundabout way that I'm trying to send this message to you. I love verse 11. Psalm 1911 says that, you know, God's commands and his laws, they're a warning to us. A great reward is available to those who obey his commands. He goes on to say, I believe this is David in the Bible in chapter or in verse 12 saying, how can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Our hidden faults are the way that we don't yield, the way that we lean into doing what we want versus what we need, right? And how he prayed in, in verse 13, keep me from willful sin. Don't let it control me. And I love, I love Psalm 1914. It says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, God, my rock and my redeemer. My encouragement for you is to get alone with your get alone with yourself. Talk to God. God, is there any willful sin in my life? Am I eating tomato sauce with sugar? Okay. <laughs> Am I watching any shows that bring you sorrow? Am I entertaining any evil thoughts? Am I giving am I leaving an open door to the enemy anywhere? Show me. Because what I want you to know is if there is sin anywhere in your life. It's going to keep you from physical blessings, from stepping into the fullness, even in weight loss, of everything that God has in store for you. I believe that the only reason I have been blessed with my ability to trust God and to supernaturally step into obedience with him is because I have scrubbed my entire life of sin. I have removed having a sin tolerance. Am I void of sin? Absolutely not. Do I willfully sin? Not very often. And I tell you what, you know, I won't be willfully indulging 
in any television shows with bad language or any, you know, foods that have the wrong ingredients. I won't willfully be doing any of that. Am I in the world? Yeah, but I'm no longer of the world. I will no longer allow the world to dictate the direction or the decisions or even my thoughts anymore. I do not have any room in my life with the years I have remaining for error. God has a call in my life, and that is to teach women the truth about seeking him instead of a number on the scale. So I hope this particular episode, I hope it actually made some sense. I hope it met you where you might be. Just get alone with yourself and just ask God, where is the willful sin? Am I bringing sorrow to the Holy Spirit anywhere in my life? You know, is there anywhere where I have a sin tolerance, God, that you need me to step away from? And ask him to show you how. Ask him to show you how to step away from it. Ask him if there's anything that you're doing. I mean, a lot of what I stepped away from and turned away from, I had to do it initially by praying a lot and swapping it a lot, you know? I mean, I don't know. That's something that the women in the Seekers Method, you probably likely understand. So I guess today, I just appreciate you. I thank you for listening to this episode. And and if this episode meant anything to you, I encourage you to reach out to me. Let me know that you're out there listening. I would love to hear from you. You can find me on all the social media platforms, or you can even drop me an email at my email is coachcapilla at gmail.com. And very likely by now, you know how to spell my last name, K-A-P-A-L-A. So coachcapilla at gmail.com. I encourage you, lean into what I'm sharing with you. Recognize that, you know, just as your spirit affects your body, so your physical body affects your spirit. You know, you cannot commit sin in your life without having it having an effect on your soul, on your spirit, on your body. You are a triune being made in God's image. You are inseparably joined in that way. If you want to draw God near, you need to scrub your life of sin. And then he can come near, even in weight loss.